Um, it's a live call uh, with a guy who's been to prison seven times, man. And okay. in the beginning of the call, the guy is like, I'm doing good. I ain't going back to prison. And in the call, you'll hear me tell him, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you like a brother, bro. Yeah. You're going to go back to prison. Like wow. you need to start telling yourself, I'm going to go back to prison. You're not doing nothing. I don't, I don't care what you're talking about. It sounds great. I've told myself I want to be sober 10,000 times, bro, but yeah. you're doing nothing different. And you're talking about your daughter, how much you love her and all that might make you feel better right now, but you ain't doing nothing. Have, are you, what are you doing differently? And I asked him, what are you doing differently than you've ever done before those six or seven times? Yeah. And he had nothing to say. I said, so you're going to end up at the same place. And I love you too much to lie to you, to tell you you're not. But if you don't change and you don't face this demon of addiction, you're going to go to prison the 8th or ninth, or God forbid your daughter's going to grow up without a father. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, five stars, Guys, do me a favor right now. If you are listening to this podcast, stop it. Pause the podcast and leave me a review on Spotify or iTunes. That's what I'm asking people to do right now. I need as many reviews uh, and comments as possible. Guys, do me a solid. Just do it. Also, at the end of this podcast, our guest Joseph's going to give you um, a, a ways you can get hold of him, right? So throughout this podcast, if what he says resonates with you and you want to keep that conversation going, contact him make sure he, you do that because joseph likes to talk to people and help people out right that's facts right what's going on joseph what's up bro i love your energy man it's got ah. <laughs> so what, where, what part of the country are you in i'm in jacksonville florida nice what is, is it sunny is it hot is it beautiful out there what's crazy right now we're in that weather where like it, when we wake up early we throw a hoodie on it's freezing and then like a couple hours later you're like i need my shorts it's hot and then like three hours later like shoot i need my hoodie again it's cold <laughs> so that's like our winter right now <laughs> that's awesome man I, I my wife wants to move to florida so um she's really really dying to get out of the, the cold we're in denver and it's it's pretty cold right now it's it's not very yeah. nice i'm from it's detroit funny. so pretty i know funny. it i know What's it like and I'm from Detroit, so like oh, the yeah. cold. I always thought I'd go back, and then like I was here for so long, I was like, man, I, I love it here now, man. Yeah, Detroit's real cold though. We don't get real cold. Like that's bone chilling, humid, yeah. freezing cold in Detroit. You don't even want to go do anything. Yeah, you're like want to just stay home. You're like it's too cold to go outside. <laughs> Absolutely, we don't have that. It's it's like I'm complaining a little bit. I'm kind of whining, but it snows here a lot, but then it melts. Like by noon that oh, day, it's, it's all melted. The streets are clean. You know, you can drive around. There's no nothing wrong with it. It just looks really yeah. nice. Yeah. I miss All those right. sometimes. <laughs> Joseph, owner of Top Fence, owns a fence company. First guy I've ever talked to that's owned, actually owns his own fence company. I could definitely have used you. My neighbor to behind me, uh, their dog kicks in my fence, knocks through my fence all the time. We had to find some guys to put a fence up, but we couldn't find anybody. It was yeah. like nobody would show up to work. It was absolutely it's insane. The same like, thing here. That's really? why we're growing. Like, it's wild. Like, we grow. People are like, you returned our call, yes. and you got here. I'm like, it's that easy? Like, when I figured out it was that easy, I was like, I can do this, man. Yeah. It's insane. Nobody will show up. We would call people all the time. I mean, I'd be going through the Google reviews. Like, I guess this guy's good. It looks like he's good. Call him. Yeah, I'll be out there. Never shows up. Never. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever showed up. So, we finally found a guy, and they, and they fixed the fence. But um, yeah. So, that's a super interesting line of work. So, Joseph. 
we're we're here now. You're a big CEO, owner of a big fence company. Bring us mm -hmm. back. You got a really cool story. It's super interesting. Kind of tell us how you got to the point we're at right now. Yeah. So, um, man, like right now I'm 31. Yeah, I'm owner of Top Fence. We're we're doing really well out here. We got 16 employees. I'm grateful for like being a husband, being a father, being able to be present in the moment, love myself, like those little things that we forget. Um, and it's all because, you know, there was times in my life, man, where I was, I hated myself, bro. I, I was at a depression place, suicidal thoughts. Um, and what happened, like, as we were talking, I lived in Detroit and I was an athlete. I played basketball. And then at the age of like almost 14 years old, I moved to Florida. Completely different, man. Culture shock, trying to fit in again. And I couldn't find my place. And I had a lot of anger, right? I was, I was pissed off at my dad for doing it. Um, you know, a 13, 14 year old kid doesn't know how to deal with those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and I just dealt with it differently. Like it, I would deal with it by like being rebellious. Um, and that's how I dealt with anger. And then it would come out and like fighting other people. Um, and then I just, it came to this place where I like hated my life, man. I was like, you know, that 14 year old victim. Like I always talk about, like, we either say we're the victim or the victor of our situation. And today I'm definitely the victor. Like when a problem happens, if I'm getting that victim mentality, I need somebody to smack me because it's a scary place to be. But at 14, I was a victim man. the world was against me and, and I was ready to take it on. Um, and, and I was introduced to opiates, um, mainly because, you know, you start hanging around people who are smoking weed, doing drugs and anything that's there. I was like, yeah, sure. What's this? What's that? Um, I was open to anything. And the first time I took an opiate, man, I said, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I, I went to opiates cause I liked the effects produced by it. It made me feel different. I, I was looking to always feel different. I didn't even know how to feel. And that's what happened for me for, from age of 13 to 26, it was a daily habit. I mean, I wake up every day. The first thought on my mind is, do I have drugs? And if I don't, how do I get them? And if I don't have money, how am I going to get, how am I going to get money for drugs? That's all I cared about because it changed the way I feel. When I didn't have the drugs, I was left with me and I hated that part. So then I became on a mission. And it's wild because I was, I was actually just talking to a guy the other day, man, when I was on drugs, bro, like I would do anything and anything to find money. Like I would rob people. I would steal. I stole from my mom, my dad. I mean, I have 47 felonies on my record and they're all theft. And it's not because I didn't care about people. Or I, I hated people. I just needed your money and I needed to go get my drugs. I was mission driven, right? I was so focused. Like it, it's wild when I look back at that guy and all the things that Joseph had to do to get drugs. I look back, I'm like, that joker was motivated. Yeah. He just was using that energy in the wrong things. And I say that to people all the time because you know, even, even now I look at like when a problem comes in my life, like when I didn't have drugs, if my drug dealer didn't answer the phone, I didn't go to bed. I went to the drug dealer's house and knocked on the dude's door or I kept going because I needed to find it. That's a motivation factor. I was just motivated by a different result. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that just led me, bro, to, to, I was 18 years old. Uh, I end up going to prison. Of course, I get caught from, from stealing, robbing somebody. They give me two years in a Florida state prison. Now, at the time, I was like, oh, snap, you know, like, okay, this is real life now. But still at a young age, I'm just like, I got to do things different. Like, I can't be getting high every day. I got to stop hanging out with those people. I'm going to go to college, you know, and I'm going to get a good job. And 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 maybe that'll that'll help me, right? And um, within a month of getting out of prison, I was back at a party doing coke. And next thing you know, I'm back on that horse again. Yeah. And and that just led to, like, I can go into all the destruction. But, like, for anybody who knows addiction, man, it's just destruction. That's all it does. It destroys you and everybody else around you. And um, and then all of a sudden at the age of 24, I'm I'm faced again with more charges. Now, I said 47 felonies because 
I've been put on probation, violated probation. I mean, there's that was my life in and out of jail, you know, and, and what happened for me. And, and this is an important part, because like I can go into like 50 minutes of all the crazy stories. But like, I want to give some hope. Like, this is the reality for Joseph. At the age of 14, he hated his life. You know, he found something that made him feel different because he didn't know how to feel. And then when I didn't have drugs, I didn't know how to deal with life on life's terms. So I chased drugs until I was 26 years old. I ignored. And this is what happens even in real life today. When you ignore, like when you're focused, a lot of times you're not. People always ask me like, bro, when you got out of prison, you weren't thinking like, I'm going back to drugs. This is the same thing that got me here. And I'm like, no, I have blinders on. You know, just like right now, when we're working towards a goal. I have blinders on to all the distractions when I'm focused. I don't I don't think about, well, what if I start this business and I fail? I got my blinders on and I'm on a mission. Yeah. But it was just a wrong mission. So at the age of 20, I got high every day in prison, long story short. And it, it didn't come to the age of 26, man. My sobriety date is January 24, 2017. And I'm sitting in this 10 by 10 cell. And I'm looking at this guy who, who's been to prison about 11 times. I think it was the 10th or 11th time he was in prison. This guy's probably like 80 years old. He just looks at me. He goes, you're going to be just like me. And I look at him for some reason. I, and I, for the first time in my life, I start reflecting like, okay, man, you've done nothing with your life. There's not one individual that's ever met me that probably was like, I'm glad I met him. You know, all I've done so far in my life was created damage. Like, is this how my life is going to end? This is the first time I've paused and said, is this how my life is going to end? And I didn't believe it was supposed to. I believe there was something more. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what my life was going to turn out to be. But the one thing I knew for sure was that if when I'm on drugs or I drink or I use any mind altering substance, I turn into this different guy. And I didn't understand that. The other part I didn't understand was if that same guy, even though I'm living this life right now and I don't want to get high, had a pill, I probably would have taken it. And, and it was wild because I was sitting here like, I don't want it, but I don't know how I would even say no to this guy. And that was the first time, man, I just got on my knees and I prayed, bro. I, I got honest with myself and with a higher power for the first time in my life. I was just reading the letter that I wrote. I still have all the letters I used to write in prison. And I wrote a letter to, to a God. I didn't even know which God. I was like, a letter to God was the title. And I just was pouring out. It was me being honest, you know, and and this is the stuff that today I, I continuously talk about is like, we have to get honest. Like when you don't know how to overcome something, we got to get real, you know, and for the first time in my life, man, I got real. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to stay sober. And I didn't understand what was going on up here in my mind, because like, I don't want to get high, but I know I'm about to get out of this 10 by 10 cell and go to this prison compound. And there's drugs. And I don't know if I'm going to say no, like it baffled me, but I was like, almost like I felt dumbfounded. And by the grace of God, man, like when I hit the compound, like the first guy that came up to me and asked me if I wanted something, I said no. And I, I have a feeling they thought something weird about me because I was the guy who was like always getting high, always doing crazy stuff. And now I'm saying no. I don't know if they thought like I was a police or I was like a snake. I don't know what they thought, yeah. but nobody talked to me. And it was the best thing that happened. And for the first time in my life, I started reading books. And this changed my life. It was Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talks about begin with the end in mind, which is just walking into a church and envisioning you're at a funeral. And inside of that casket in the front of the church is you. What do you want people to say about you when you die? Man, I've never thought about that. And everything I wanted people to say about me was exactly the opposite of who I was. Like I wanted people to say I was honest and dependable. I haven't been. I wanted people to say that I brought value to people's life. I never was. 
I wanted people to say that Joseph was a good son and a good brother. And I wasn't that. So now I started on this path ever since then to, I never want to forget that either. Like the begin with that in mind till today, I, I focus on that now. Um, and, and the journey now, man, like we can get into it, but it's just been, dude, if you would have told me that day I got out of prison that I'd have the life I had today, I'd have laughed at you and called you nuts. <laughs> like, like one day and I like, I'm going back into prisons now, man, talking to guys, having a business, having a family, having a wife, and then waking up with just like a drive and like fired up about life. I would have told you that was crazy, but it was all because I faced the one thing in my life that was, it was hard. I mean, it was a hard road. I had to open up the door to my past. I had to, I had to go to people that I hurt and stole from, you know, and face, I mean, it was, it was hard, but nothing worth living is easy. And, and it was uncomfortable and I'm glad it was because that's where I created the change. And now, man, it's just, now my mission is just talking to people. I was at the barbershop, bro, like, like literally an hour ago. And I had a guy that was just sitting in the chair in tears because I don't know how we got into the conversation, but like, I was just getting real with him. Like, what do you struggle? Like for some reason we started talking about his struggles and that's the stuff that I, I sat there for an hour and a half with this guy, man, and, and exchanged his numbers. And I said, let's get real together, bro. We need to have real conversations with real people about what we're going through and overcome this stuff together. That's the mission now, man. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a great story. So I got a question for you, though. Let's get some nuts and bolts. Let's say I'm the old Joseph, right? Yeah. I, I've realized I want to make a change, right? You're looking at this guy right now. What would you? What are you going to tell that guy? What are some strategies you're going to give that guy? Because um, I get the the idea of doing it, and I know a lot of guys that have the right idea in mind. But when they walk out onto that yard, they do take the drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So what what steps can somebody take? I guess a a a step by step approach, sort of in a Cliff's Notes version. You don't have to get you know too deep yeah, into yeah. it to 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 get to the point you're at currently. From that point where they decided to make that decision to change. Yeah. So the first thing is, man, you got to start getting honest with yourself. You know, motivation without action also leads to depression. Yeah. So you can sit there and get honest with yourself. Like how many times I've said to myself, I want to change. Well, I had to get honest with myself. Do I know how to change? Like you have to start asking yourself these honest questions. You know, I think even now we ask ourselves, oh, I want to change. And we stop there. Hold on a second. Let's pause. You know, and that's what I would tell that guy. Okay, you want to change. What do you want to change? I want to start getting sober. I want to get off drugs. Well, what are you doing differently today that's helping you to do that? And a lot of times that Joseph would have told you nothing. I just, in my mind, I want this. I said, well, we need to start doing, you can't do the same things you did before and expect a different result. You can't get to new places with the old way of thinking. Yeah. So I got to start just by that conversation of like, okay, how do I change? And, and being honest by saying, I don't know. You know, if I talk to a guy who's been one day sober and is giving me all these details of how he's going to change his life, and this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, sometimes I'm worried about that guy. Because I'm like, how do you even know that? Because you have to be honest with yourself to say, I don't know. And now you have to start finding the answers. Regardless of, I'm afraid, I'm ashamed. Take all those emotions and set them aside. Because the fear of what would happen if you don't do it should trump the uncomfortability of what's going to happen to actually face it. And that's what that Joseph did. That Joseph never stopped and paused. Like I would, I remember, man, I, I was telling this guy the other day. It was eight o'clock in the morning one day and I was fired up about life, right? I'm like, I, I'm not doing drugs today. You know, I've been doing drugs at this time for like two weeks. And for one morning I said, I'm done. I ain't touching them. I go work out, man. I go shoot some hoops. I go to work and I'm like fired up out of life. I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do drugs, man. I'm listening to positive stuff and I don't even know how, but 
by 11.30 that night, I'm doing coke. But the, the guy at Monday at 8 o'clock was like, I'm never touching drugs again. But the truth is, I did nothing different. Like, yeah, I went to the gym and I tried to do these other things, but like the disease and change centers in your mind. So like, did I mentally say like, okay, do I have some tools? You know, this is the reality of life, even in business. Like if you go into something and you don't realize that it's going to be hard and do I have the tools that I'm prepared to face these things when they come, you know, and, and that's just like, I like to have these deep conversations with these guys because the, that I, I started off with just being honest with yourself. But then start opening up to other people, man. Like you got, you got to start bringing that stuff out of your mind. You know, now there's places, dude, like recovery places you can go or, or or anywhere, even if it's not recovery or something you're struggling with. There's zero excuses in the world today that there isn't somebody who wants to listen because you hop on like we were talking about Arte Syndicate. There's so many free little groups that you can go to that you can just open your hand, raise your hand, talk about it, you know, and be honest with it and step into start doing something different. And that's how you'll create that change, man. Yeah. Are, do you ever speak? Do you ever speak or, or coach groups for uh, of guys like this or one yeah. on one coaching? Yep. Yeah. I just started that actually. Okay. I don't know where it's going, but I've, dude, I, I love it to death. I would do it every hour of the day. I love it to death. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the position you were in, you're on the outside now, right? They're on yep. the inside, right? You can't see the picture when you're in the frame, right? When you're in that picture, you think, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. I'm going to do yeah. this. But you, Joseph, are looking in on those guys saying, oh, no, 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 no. You're going the wrong direction. Move over here or, or you know, go that direction. So I think that would be super helpful. You got a lot of, uh, you're there. You're kicking ass in business right now. So um, Yeah, it's the other perspective. Like I always say, like even me, like I need somebody to give me another pair of glasses, bro. Because sometimes my perspective looks different. Yeah. The way I see things are different. And I believe everybody should have somebody in their life that is giving them that other perspective. You know, when you're going through pain, you don't, you're not thinking about the fact of, oh, I've overcome pain before, or, oh, this might be a learning tax, or your mind ain't taking you there. You're going to the what ifs and the fears and this and that. And where I take people is just, hey, let's sit down and pause and talk about this pain. You got some fears. What are you afraid of? You know, let's talk about your fears and how to overcome your fears. And then let's start creating action so you can start moving. And then all of a sudden, it's like going to the gym. You pick up a 25-pound dumbbell the first time you go. It's heavy. But if you go for a couple weeks and you pick up that 25-pound dumbbell, you got better form. It's lighter. It's easier. Now you're picking up 30 pounds. The guy who knows how to pick up 50 should be the guy training you to do the 25. Because when you're doing the 25, he's going to be pushing you. Hey, bro, I know it's hard. I've been there. I feel you. I understand. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I, I, I want to see these. I want, I want to see you get out there. I want, I want to see some of these uh, – these speeches and uh, maybe yeah. they'll get, maybe Arate guys can help you out. <laughs> By the way, both Joseph and I are in Arate. That's why I put on the Arate hat. Yeah, um, bro, on my podcast, the first episode coming out, it, not the first, but there's an episode coming out next Monday that um, it's a live call uh, with a guy who's been to prison seven times, man. And no in the beginning of the call, the guy is like, I'm doing good. I ain't going back to prison. And in the call, you'll hear me tell him, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you like a brother, bro. Yeah. You're going to go back to prison. Like you need to start telling yourself, I'm going to go back to prison. You're not doing nothing. I don't, I don't care what you're talking about. It sounds great. I've told myself I want to be sober 10,000 times, bro, but you're doing nothing different. And you're talking about your daughter, how much you love her and all that might make you feel better right now, but you ain't doing nothing. Are you, what are you doing differently? And I asked him, what are you doing differently than you've ever done before those six or seven times? 
Yeah. And he had nothing to say. I said, so you're going to end up at the same place. And I love you too much to lie to you, to tell you you're not. But if you don't change and you don't face this demon of addiction, you're going to go to prison the eighth or ninth or God forbid your daughter's going to grow up without a father. Wow. And that's just the stuff that, I mean, I, I'm only telling them that because I love them. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's real. Absolutely. So that, that, I, that's the stuff I do want to do more yeah. um, of just having those real conversations and let people hear them. So they realize like they reflect and they sit there and say, Oh man, I wonder if I'm doing that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I want to see, I want to see more of those. When does that air? Next Monday. Okay. Next Monday. What's the date yeah. today? December 5th. Yeah. So December 12th. That's right. December 12th. December 12th. Check that out. This will be, this will be aired December 13th. So sorry. Uh, so right see on the replay. You can catch the replay. Podcast never end. There you go. YouTube's, YouTube is on forever. Podcasts never end. That's Check it out. Check it out. All right. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Yep. You're a dad. You're a dad. Mm-hmm. You've got five kids. Yeah. Joseph's not messing around. He, he, said, <laughs> he has five kids of varying ages. How much does being a father mean to you and how much has it impacted your business? Dude, when people introduce, I always talk about being a husband and a father, man. It is... You know, what's amazing how it impacts my business is I created my business back to begin with the end in mind. You know, my dad grew up as a business owner, um, but he was an employee of his business. You know, he he mm-hmm. had a convenience store for 16 years. I mean, he he wouldn't, you know, we'd take vacations, but like my dad would miss out on a lot. He never came to a basketball game. He just missed out on those opportunities because his business ran his life. So when I thought about the begin with the end in mind of me being a father, you know, three of the children that I have, my wife had from a separate marriage. So I was in their lives, you know, uh, my, my oldest son now is 19, you know, he was 14. And then my daughter, my stepdaughter, who's, who's 17, you know, she was 12. And then the nine-year-old now he was four, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, here comes my two girls into my life. Um, when I started my business, my wife was pregnant. And I remember I didn't want my business you know, I, I knew I had to work hard. You know, I knew I knew what it was going to take. I knew sacrifices, but I knew I had to create my business to be at a place eventually to where it's it's not running my life to where if I choose to go and do this podcast right now at two o'clock, I can. If I choose on a weekend, I'm taking my son over to Orlando to take him to the USA soccer game. I'm going to go that I, I have choices today. But if I wasn't and this is what I tell business owners a lot in the beginning of your business, you have to be intentional. You know, when I was, when I started my fence company, I was putting up fence myself, each fence job that I did, I'd make $1,500, $2,000 each job. Well, if I'm going to give that job to somebody else, and this is where a lot of people fall short when they give their work away and they pay somebody to do their job, you're making less money. But I knew that I had to replace myself in every position I was in if I wanted my business to operate at the function that it's operating now, where it almost operates on its own. I still do things, but I'm not like, you know, I can take a week off and my business is still okay. So that that was so important to me when I first started my business because I was intentional on decisions that I made. I was intentional with the guys that I brought on my team, letting them know, like, dude, the position that I'm in right now, the sales position, where I'm making two to three thousand dollars a week, I'm looking for somebody to make that money and take my spot. Like, I don't know who that is. It might be you. So I'm I'm talking to these guys that are coming on, letting them know where I'm going. That. Joseph doesn't want to operate this. If you, someone's got to run this company, yeah. you know, or someone's got to be the sales manager, project manager. And I'm looking for those guys at you, you know, you're going to start with putting up fence, but I don't want you to stop here. So being a dad 
this business is what motivates me, man. Like it, it, I'm grateful that I was able to create it, but I was intentional in the beginning. And that's what I noticed is different. I was intentional with the decisions that I made to say, well, yeah, I, I do have to do this job right now myself. But eventually, I mean, if I get hurt, you know, I'm losing money, yeah. you know, or if I want to take my kids on vacation, I got to figure out when. Now, how do I set up my business so that doesn't happen? And today, thank God, man, it's it's pretty much set up like that. Yeah. So what are some ways you're doing that? Are you automating? Um, There's always like automation, delegation, those types of things. So in order to have a business that you, where you're still able to provide for your family, and mm -hmm. it looks like you have a pretty decent sized team, right? How many people are, are in the group, in the team right now? We have 16 total. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good size uh, business. So how were you able to... I mean, give us, uh, you know, I guess another uh, abbreviated version. How are you able to put something like that together? And this has been a short period of time. And we're not talking 20 years here. I mean, you yeah. just said 26, you know, you were done with pr with prison, right? You're 31 yep. now. That's only five years. You did it fast. Like Yeah, really fast. it was a year after I got out of prison, almost a year to the date that I started my LLC. Um, okay. I got out of prison May 24th, and I started my LLC May 19th. Um, okay. So almost a year after I started the fence company, I put up fence, you know, out of my Camry, man, I had the suppliers like dropping off the stuff. But like I said, what's, what's wild about it is I was intentional with every decision that I made yeah. and I knew I had to create systems. And, and, and that's the number one thing I think that we've done really well is we have a system and I was systematic from day one. Like people saw me putting up fence in a Camry and wondering like, what the heck are, why are you not with it? Why don't you have a truck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why are you the one on every single job? Well, I was intentional. I knew that for me to get to the place that I am now, I had to have a brand. I had to have a name. Everybody had to know when they hear top fence, what are they going to know? Are they, can they Google me and read some reviews? Like, these are the things that I knew. What is a brand? You know, what, what are these other fence companies doing that their phone just rings and they don't have to go out like knocking on people's doors, you know, and, and they're turning down jobs. So when I, what I realized was I needed to create a reputation. So me being out there in the Camry, you know what I get to do? I get to talk to the customers every day. Yeah. And then the neighbors come out and I get to talk to them. And then I get to ask the customers, hey, can you throw a review up for me, man? And I get to tell them my story. Like, hey, this is where I'm going. I'm, I'm looking to build a company here locally. I'm a local guy. I started the Top Fence name out of the Camry. Now, most people said, dude, you were probably losing money because the supplier's charging you money to drop it off. You know, if I had like $150 worth of extra material at the job, I legit had to like cut the fence down so I could throw it in the trash because I had no way of get taking it anywhere. Yeah. Like if, if I had anything extra, I would drive with like a pallet on top of my camera and I like hold the pallet while finding a dumpster, illegally dumping stuff. Um, and like, like it, it sounds wild, but like I knew I was on a mission. Yeah. I yeah. knew what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm going to build a brand and then eventually I'll hire somebody to come out and do this. So I was very systematic. I knew the steps I had to take. Like, it's wild. I saw this, man. I saw this in a way, not like exactly like it was, but I knew I was like, one day I'm going to have about two, three crews. Today we have four. And I'm also going to have like a guy in the shop who just like packages all the materials like my supplier does. And then I'll have like an assistant who will answer the phones. And, it, and like, I would, I saw it. So now that I saw it, I was like, I have to be strategic in every area that I'm in. So when I was putting up fence myself, I'm talking to them. I'm offering referrals. Like, hey, if somebody says, I'll send you a $50 Amazon gift card if you send me somebody. You know, I'm posting on Facebook. I'm just trying to get the name out there yeah. for me to do work. And then when I got the jobs, I was very intentional while I was there. 
I'm, I'm like a salesman while I'm putting up the fence, even though I sold their job. I'm, I want them when I leave to like know me and like know my family and I know their family. So when they think about fence, they think about me. Oh, and dude. and so I did that for a year. I put up fence out of my camera for a year. And it's crazy. Like I had at the time I had some money in the bank. I could have went and got like a nice truck, which which would have made my life easier. But I knew I was like, if I'm going to have that shop one day and I'm going to have materials shipped, I got to have capital. You know, so I got to save this capital. So when I when that opportunity comes, so I, I was trying to keep all my expenses real low. Yeah. And from there, man, it was it was just replacing myself. Like then I knew, OK, I'm out giving quotes after jobs. I need somebody to put up fence. So I hired somebody to put up fence. And I, every single individual that came to my team, I told them where we were going. I told I, I mean, people thought I was nuts. I, I remember, dude, people were like the crazy part of the story is. When I got out of prison, I worked for a fence company for six months. I've never done fence in my life. I worked there for six months and I sold my first fence job. I don't even know how to build a gate. You know, like I went at it, dude. I, I don't know if it was just like I was working the job and I saw the opportunity and the guy I was working for just pretty much told me that, you know, the position that you're in is probably the farthest you're going to go because of my felony. And when he told me that it created this like monster of a lion inside of me to say, I'm never going to let nobody put limits. So I created a system would be the first answer. And the second was I just replaced myself in every single aspect. So I went from the fence guy to the salesman. Then I went from the salesman to the admin. So I was a salesman and an admin doing all this HOA paperwork and filing and scheduling plus selling jobs. And then I hired a salesman. You know, I, I was like, hey, bro, if you sell jobs, I'll pay you. And the crazy part is like my customers pay for everything. Like my, my yeah. system is, is ran. Like if anybody's ever done insurance, like the pyramid thing, I sold insurance for a little bit and I learned the whole system. It's, it's ran just like that, yeah. you know? So I paid him, you know, I just raised my price a little bit so that customers can cover him. And then all of a sudden I hired an admin and dude, there was a time we were at our second year of business. We were doing 2.5 million in sales and I had no idea what was going on with our money. Like it was the craziest, it was probably the scariest time of my business. Cause dude, we got like 40 jobs coming up. I only got like 20 grand in the bank. I got payroll coming up. That's like 12 grand. It was just wild. And that just created another, another motivator in me. Like, dude, I need to hire somebody that knows this stuff. And then I got really good with my numbers and understanding it. And then we hit COVID. Dude, we went through so much like every other business, man. Yeah. But for yeah. me, it was, it was honestly like, I, I'm never going to quit. I go back to that guy who didn't have drugs and he, when I needed them, I'm just going to keep pushing. And I just realized after listening to so many podcasts and other people that like part of entrepreneurship is failing. And the only way you fail is if you actually quit, you know, you hear that in Arte a lot too. You hear Ed Milet and, and Andy talk about this, that like the only time you fail is if you actually quit. Yeah. If you don't quit, right. the failure is just a learning tax. And, and today, man, it's, now it's just more about leadership and my team and and saying and, and making sure that they mirror who we are as a brand, you know, and being problem solving and being a good leader. That's the stuff now that I'm focused on. Yeah. Sounds like you're really good at networking, too. Like, um, you know, when you're out there, so the Camry pulls up, you're working on a fence and you see a neighbor and he comes over, you start talking to this guy, too. Right. Um, that's such an important part of business. And I think a lot of people, especially new guys, are afraid. Right. They're afraid. They're nervous. Like, what do I say to this guy? I got this one sale. I don't want to mess this up. You know, I can't really go out and talk to this guy. How are you coaching your guys to be better networkers? Yeah. 
how are you teaching these guys to go out there and hey talk about us you know we're we're, we're a big business we're we're a, we can help everybody we're top fence everybody knows top fence right we actually show up to the job you know how are you teaching yeah. these guys to do that well first you have to have the guys who believe in you like who believe in who we are like it's wild when i was out there with the camry i i looked at it like not i'm selling a fence like i'm solving the problem and i knew for a fact that i'm going to do a great job like I knew 100%. So I had that confidence when I'm going out to people and talking to the neighbors because I look at them and they have a dog and I'm like, hey, do you have to walk your dog every time you go outside? Like, are you ever thought about getting a fence? I had that confidence in what we do. So now with our team, I'm constantly making sure that they, like my installers have to have confidence in my shop guy. Yeah. They have to know, like, especially my salesman, he's got to have, we had a time where my salesman would go out and he was like, dude, I'm always worried who's going to do this job because like I sold the job. The customer likes us. But if this dude shows up, he might give us a bad name. And I heard that. I was like, oh, man, we got to solve that problem. So when our guys are out there, I'm constantly letting them know, like, look, the more we grow, every single individual knows because they've, they've had that opportunity. If we're getting more jobs, number one, that's more jobs for you, not just for me. You know, my installers get paid like contractors per foot. So the more fence they install, the more money they make. So I have my contractors who are at a house. I they, They'll buy themselves like a measuring wheel. And like if the neighbor wanted a fence, they take a picture, they draw it up and they send it to me like, hey, bro, this lady wants a fence. Let's get her. Like I'm always I'm, awesome. I'm honestly what I what I do a lot with my team is I dream build with them. Like, not like in an epic way that maybe we could do better, but like, I'm honestly telling them like, hey, we're just in Jacksonville now, but like, bro, you ever thought about going to Orlando? Like, imagine if we grew this thing to Orlando and like you ran the Orlando one. You know, I've always done that with my team. I've always talked about the places we can go together and I get them fired up. So like, and that's one thing I'm grateful for, man, is our team is like, dude, they know we're the best. Like, they don't doubt it. They're like, if, if they went, if they look at another fence and they say, dude, if that customer didn't go with us, I don't think they got this experience, you know, and that's just the confidence that they have, but it's because honestly, we have to be talking about it together, you know, and I'm, I'm very real with them. Like, Hey bro, is there anything I can do better for your team? Like for, for the crew out there? Like, you know, is there some things I can do, you know, better to help you guys out there so we can hit this next level. And I show them our numbers like, bro, we just crushed it this week, dude. If we can hit this number, I'm gonna shoot you a bonus. Let's get there together. You know, we, we have those conversations a lot. Where are you finding these guys? Where are you finding the team? Like, are you, when you sit and, and when you meet them and you sit down and you start talking to these guys, is it like this guy, he's got it. Like he's, I, he can feel my energy, you know, or is it, we're just like getting as many guys as we can in the door. I mean, how does that look like? Yeah. When you're building? A so team? when I first started, I was trying everybody, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, everybody says the right things like, yeah, bro, I got you. I'm going to do this. And then I found number one, like, I'm not even looking for, and I tell people this now. I'm not looking for the best fence guys because most people that I am going to, that are going to apply to put up fence for us. Most likely they know how to put up fence. 95% of them can do it. I'm looking for the guys that are dependable, that are loyal, that are honest, that are going to show up when they, when they say they're going to show up that I could trust that, that don't want to just be a fence guy. And if they do great, but like who know we're growing and I want them to grow with me. So I had, those are like when I, it was probably a year process before we found the team we got today, you know, but like, I'm, I'm constantly, when I'm talking to somebody at first, I'm letting them know my expectations. But the reality is I have to know what, what's important to me. You know, I think we get so desperate sometimes when we're looking for work that like, we're like, Oh bro, you can work great. Yeah. But like the other thing too, is sometimes the guy may not be who you might have to turn that guy into somebody else. 
And and this is a tough one because a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, you can't change nobody. Well, not that you can't change nobody, but I got a guy now that works for me. He's worked an hourly job for, for almost 15 years at a fence company, making like 750, 800 bucks a week. And, and I told him when he comes here that, Hey, look, you're almost your own boss. You know, you tell, you get to the job at this time. If you can't finish it this day, you go to the next day. But the reality is this, you're going to have to be more disciplined. And I was able to, you know, before he wasn't as disciplined working an hourly job, but I told him the requirements it may take to make more money. And I said, I don't know if you're able to do it or not, but this is what it's going to take. You're going to have to level up. And he leveled up. Some people don't. Now, some people would have said in the beginning of that guy's conversation, the guy told me he doesn't like waking up early. He likes showing up to jobs at 10, 11 o'clock. And they would have said, that's not the guy I want. Yeah. But all of a sudden now this guy is the first guy at my shop. So you have to hire fast, I believe, and fire fast too. You know, and that's one thing yeah. I've done. I, I, I struggled with in the beginning um, because I struggled to fire people um, because like they would yeah. come on. I just thought I could change them, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. But, but what, I would hire what's interesting quick. too is you said you can't change people, which is uh, I, I agree. You, I don't feel like I don't believe you can just go in there and force change with people, yeah. right? But if there's somebody like you that's like, "Hey, man, you could be running Orlando. You know, you could be doing this." Think about how much bigger you can get if you just go talk to these neighbors. If you inspire, you know, you're inspiring the hell out of these guys too. So I think like I could having a boss, I would never be able to, um, if they forced me to do something, I'd fight back, right? I'd push back on that the whole time. Now, if they're inspiring you, they're like, you know, oh no, this is, we're going places. This thing's, this company's going places. You could be a part of it. You know, that's a huge difference than just telling somebody, dude, you got to work harder. You you can't get up at 10 or 11. You need to be there at, at nine o'clock every day. You know, you, yeah. you're, you just have to, or, or, or you're fired. Right. Right. But what you're doing is, you know, it's totally different. It's like such a much better. Um, it's how all the, the the really successful guys do it too. You know, they just build it one step at a time, one little brick at a time, right? By inspiring the, their team. Yeah, and it's a. I mean, I I know people are motivated by different factors, you know. And I I you know, for me, I was I was in an insurance company for you know, in between the fence, you know, I, I found this insurance company. And I was like, maybe I can do both, you know. And and I learned a lot there for like a year. Uh, dedicated almost my life. And and the craziest part about my fence company is, yeah, we've been open for four years, but like for a year, it was like pretty much on pause because of this insurance thing. Mm-hmm. I thought this would be a different avenue. Um, and my wife had texted me one day and she just texted me. I saved it my screensaver for almost six months. And she was at a Walmart, couldn't buy everything at the Walmart. And she just texted me and said, I'm so tired of this. I'm tired of being broke. And I'll never forget. I was at a sales meeting and I just looked down at that and I got motivated. You know, I thought I was doing enough, but I was like, I got to do more, you know? And so I know that we are all motivated by different whys. So like that guy that I was talking to, like I knew he had children and I knew the reason why he didn't want to leave his job was he was afraid. And one thing, and then I, that way I'm able now to, now that I understand him and I understood what motivated him, now I'm able to coach him differently than just if dude, the winners all wake up at seven. No, I broke it down to him. I said, Hey bro, if you want to wake up at 10, you can but I'm going to show you how if you wake up at seven, you can actually get one extra job every week. That's going to bring home another $850. Let me show you this, bro. Like, And it's up to you. Like, I got guys who show up at 10 o'clock. That's up to you. My customers, I'll just tell them he's there at 10 to 11. But if you wake up at seven, you're the first one here at 730, and you're done by four, that that job instead of a day and a half is not going to take you a day because you got three extra hours in that day. 
Yeah. And now you got one extra job I'm giving you and you'll make the extra $800. If yeah. you want to try it, then you can try. And all of a sudden he tried it one week. And like I said, he's the first guy here. Not because I forced <laughs> him to change. I gave him a motivator and I was like, what would $850 do for you? Like, honestly, like real talk for you and your kids, what would that do? You know, and I broke it down yeah. and I took him there. He's like, dude, I, we probably wouldn't be waiting on a paycheck every week. What would yep. you do with the extra money? Dude, I probably save up, take my kids to Disneyland. You ever took your kids to Disney? Nah, bro, never. I never got to take them on vacation. I'm like, well, dude, let's start. And and so I, now that I understand what motivates him, because we're all motivated by something, I was able to, to to talk with him a little bit differently now instead of creating that force. If you force somebody to change, it's just temporary, and, and they're eventually going to go back to their old ways. Yeah, I like that, though. Breaking it down is, is um breaking it down for people, like working out that extra half day mm-hmm. in explaining to him what an extra half day would mean, how much financially that would change. Um, a lot of people just don't think about that. You know, especially when you just go to your job every day, you're just going to work. You don't really think, you you think, no, I need to be there at 10 because that's the time I always do it. But if it gets broken down, just simple, I mean, it's just simple breaking, breaking things down for you too. Um, that yeah. makes a lot of difference and it can like open up a lot of, uh, I don't know, open up a different thought pattern for a lot of these guys too. Oh yeah, man. It's it's just like I said, it's the perspective shift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even if you're working a job, I always say like everybody's looking to get that raise. And I always they're like, Oh, I, I get paid this much, and that's what I get paid to do. And I'm like, dude, you're never gonna grow if you're not doing more than what you're actually getting paid for. You need to make yourself more valuable than just being the average guy. And and now, and the, the what's what's wild about that is even if you some people will go back to the well, if I work hard and I do all this, what happens if I don't get the raise? I said, dude, you got it all wrong. It ain't about just the raise. It's about you. Like if you create a habit in you that says I'm supposed to be at work at eight, but I'm there at 745 because I'm going to outwork everybody. And I know I only get paid to do this much. I'm supposed to do eight closes a week. I'm going to hit 12. You have now catapulted yourself. And now if the organization sees it, great. But if not, you've elevated yourself to another level. And that's only going to inspire you to go do something different or or you're going to be better at your marriage if you take that thought into it. But we're so used to just doing the the average. And I don't want to be average, man. I don't know about yeah, you, bro, but I do not want to be average. <laughs> not a chance. No, that sounds horrible. Um, yeah. So, so you're, you, you inspire these guys on the team. You seem like um, – like you're constantly like like building them up, like personally on a personal level too, right? For sure. You guys have core values. Do you guys have like something in writing that um, you know they they go to? Do we, do we go back to the core values? Do you tell them to go to that or anything like that? Dude, that's actually something that I thought about a lot. Like I think it's implemented more in what we talk about, you know, like every week and when I'm talking with them and examples. But I actually heard that the other day, like, you know, hey, you should have your values up on the board or on the wall somewhere that says, Hey bro, look at this. These are our values. And this is where we're, we're, we're falling short. You know, if we live by these values, it's more visual and you're able to like stand by them. Yeah. Um, but I, if you were to ask our guys, you know, like what are the requirements and what are the values at top fence? I believe they would be able to um, recite them back to you about like, we say what we're, we're supposed to do, but in retrospect, you know, you never know. Um, and, and I remember hearing this, like on a podcast, I think it might've been just recently, man. Like, you know, you may think your team knows it, but if I were to ask them, would they know? And I thought about that. So that's, that's, that's true. So it's nothing we have now, but I would, I would definitely say like, probably after this conversation, this is the second time I've thought of it and we'll have it because we just go back to it and we're, we're constantly talking about it. That's awesome. Yeah. A lot of times, even if, you know, 
it, it's one thing to have it there, which is great, but it's another thing to feel it, right? Yeah. To really feel it. It sounds like your team feels it. It's just not there's there's not like a, a one, two, three, four, five type thing, but they they absolutely feel it. It sounds like it's constantly being preached into them too, um, by you. And I'm I'm sure it bleeds into uh, you know, other management type guys too that are also mm-hmm. passing it on to the new guy. Um, kind of as they it really does. It's funny because like we're so so I'm so solution minded. Like when our guys are talking about a problem and like something that didn't go right or something, they already know. They're like, I know, bro. What are we doing about it? All right. And this is what I already told the guys. So we got the solution. And then I'm like, okay, do we need to do anything to make sure this problem doesn't happen? Like that's the, it's like we recite every time there's a problem, they already know what we're going to say, you know, Hey, I know this is a problem. Is it recurring? And do we need to make some changes in our system? You know? And if we don't, I don't want to complain about how this guy didn't do that. Cause I always tell people we're a team. There ain't no blaming here. You know, if, if there's some area, even me, like I always tell them, like, dude, I, if, if you see me doing something that I need to be doing better, you better tell me because you're going to start getting frustrated with me. And I don't know because I'm just continuing doing it. And we have like every Wednesday we have a meeting and we're talking about this stuff. And I'll usually start with like, hey, is there anything, guys, that I could do better as your leader? Like, are my breakdowns good? Or, or do you guys like the system? What should we change? And I allow them to come up with ideas, you know. And I think that's what, you know, allows every single person to bring their, you know, some, this person's got a gift in system. This person's got a gift in like, Hey, I think we should have a checklist for our customers when we're done. And I'm like, dude, that that's why I tell people, bro, like this business is my team. Like yeah. a lot of the stuff I've created the systems, but they have definitely helped, man. Yeah. And they can take things from other jobs, other parts of their life too. And you're like, I didn't even think about that. You know, I think about this job every day and I didn't even think about that. Like you said, a checklist with the customers, like things like that. You're like, Oh my God, that's genius. That's a great idea. So giving yeah. them the opportunity to, to voice that that thought or that opinion is super important. If you're listening to this and you have a company, do the same thing. Make sure your team gets to have their voice uh, heard. Yeah, they feel part of it. Like, you know, they, they even like, they love when they hear a review and their name's on it. Yeah. You know, and that's what people want, man. People that are working, even me as a business owner, you know, I love when my customers say, I'm so glad I hired you. It makes me feel great. It makes me feel confident in what I do. Yeah. So if I give our guys and we get create a new idea that they created, I'm like, bro, you're you're helping this thing grow. Now yeah. they almost feel like they're part of the business because they're this is a part of them. So they're at home. They're thinking of ideas, you know. Um, and and yeah. that's one thing that I love that we've done. That's what really builds a team too, and builds mm-hmm. a company is when people are thinking about oh, yeah. things at home that they're not getting paid for. You know, they're at that's home right. thinking, and not because of the money, because they want to contribute because they like that feeling. Oh yeah. The money's just a byproduct. Yeah. The money's a byproduct. Like, like, yes, like my guys, and I know this for a fact are paid really well, according to our industry, Mm -hmm. Um, like really well. And I take care of them really well. We do all kinds of things, but like you said, the money's a byproduct. They love what they, like, I know they love what they do. You know, I can just tell they all hang out. They, they, they they come in, they're, they're like smiling with each other. You know, they enjoy what they do. And that fires me up because I, I hate, that's one thing I used to hate about jobs, man. I hate like shooting for Fridays and hating Mondays, you know, and if somebody doesn't like working here, I'm like, is there something we can do differently? Or is this a you thing? If it's something we can do differently, I don't want you to, you know, come here every day and dread, you know, coming to work because yeah. I don't want to create that environment and I don't want that energy. So absolutely. why are you dreading it? Let's talk about it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Joseph, you got to write a book, man. You got to write a book. <laughs> you, of it, or at least a, a a guide to get to to this point in in, in business. I, I like all this stuff. Yeah, I love the man. I like I've loved the one on one conversation stuff. Um, and maybe one day there'll be like some kind of 
whether it's a book or, or whatever it is. Yeah. But I know like everybody's different. And and some people, the reason why they're not making decisions, it, it, it might be deeper. And those are like the kind of lo- the conversations I have with them. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's fear. Where's that fear coming from? Let's face that, you know, and now let's start moving instead of tactical. Um, so, I mean, it's we'll see, man. I love this journey. Like, that's one thing I love, bro. I love the yeah. process and the journey and find out what I love to do and, and any area I can help. And then all of a sudden create like we're creating a Facebook group now called Let's Get Real. And it's going to be okay. men in the group. And, and we're going to have like every week where like, we have real conversation, like somebody gets on there. It's not just like, how you doing, bro? I'm good. It's like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with right now, whether it's business or personal, like, and we're going to talk about it. And once people hear people get vulnerable, they'll be willing to get vulnerable too. And we'll start having real conversations and actually changing each other. Yeah. How do you get in that group? How does somebody get sign up for that group? So by the end of the day tomorrow, if, if they just go to either my Facebook page or type in, let's get real, um, they'll find it. It'll be on Facebook. Right on. I love it. I, I like that. Guys, if you're listening, jump in and uh, get to qualify for it. Or is it just like anybody is, is in? No, I mean, as long as you're not coming in there talking about some negative, like it's it's really raw in there to help each other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're going to be in the group and someone's going to say something, you're going to be putting them down. And we ain't got time for that. You can go yeah, somewhere else. Do that. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> that's if, a bad if somebody idea. hops in and yeah, if you just want to be a consumer, fine, come in, listen. That's okay too. Um, I'll post my podcast up. I'll post stuff on there and then we'll do like live zoom calls every, I don't know if it's gonna be Friday or Saturday, all the schematics I've just gotten done the past like week because I've wanted it so bad. And I always talk about self-esteem being like the promises you keep to yourself. And I want to build community, man. I, that's why I started the podcast. That's why I do this stuff. Like I'm not doing this to promote a coaching program or a book. I'm doing this because I hope somebody hears it and says, damn, bro, I want to, whether it's business or personal, like, Hey, I'd love to talk to Joseph, man. Maybe he'll help me with this company. And I got some ideas. I get like I just said, bro, I was in a barbershop for an hour and a half talking to a guy I don't know because I yeah. get fired up out of my mind to do it. It brings me value to bring you value. So, like, selfishly, I want to help you because it makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is awesome, man. It, it looks, I can see you, man. It's like your mind's moving a thousand miles an hour. You're like, yeah. I got a new idea. I got a new idea. I got to tell, I got to do this, do this. You know, you have, you have, you have a lot of different ideas. Joseph, how can people get hold of you? So, you can get hold of me everywhere on Instagram is Joseph KG, which is K A J Y. Uh, if you go on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, or the podcast, which is Let's Get Real with Joseph KG. And like I was just telling you earlier, man, like people have started to listen to this and I'm grateful for it. And maybe it's because I've become I've I've been putting out more vulnerable stuff and real stuff out there. Um, like I want people to message me. Like if they follow me, like, yeah, I put out good content that you can get nuggets from, but I want to connect. Like that's really what I want to do. I want to have conversations with you. I want to see how I can help you. Um, and if you shoot me a message, I always answer, dude. I always do. Yeah, you, you have a very magnetic personality too. I, I think people will want to talk to you. They want to, a lot of people want to be told, want to have that conversation that's real, right? Yeah. But not, not so much like all fluffy and, you know, and kind of fake. They want a real right. conversation. And I think you, just looking at you right now, you portray that. I'm going to give you a real conversation. It's going to be real and it's going to be for you. So of course, uh, man. I, I like if that. we're not doing that for each other, we're not helping each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I give my wife permission to tell me an area she sees me struggling with. And if she doesn't, I'm like, then you really don't love me. Like if you see me failing in an area and you know that you can point it out to me, you know, and I'm willing to put my pride aside and my ego aside yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I listen, you're helping me change. And that's why I want, I want to help people change. You know, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to put you down, but I want to help you change. So I got to point it out. You know, a surgeon is going to tell you, you got, you got, you might have problems here. 
Let me go do surgery, you know? And, and so that's just what I want to do. With, I get real with them. Cause I don't think a lot of people have those real authentic conversations. Yeah. Well, you it's know? really and, hard too in a day-to-day life. I think for, oh, yeah. you know, especially if, if it, if other things were impacted, like a spouse doesn't want to say, Hey, you know, you could, you could, you could improve in this area. Cause they're maybe they're concerned. You're going to be like, what? Like, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, you can't, you're, you, I feel attacked. You know right. what I mean? I feel attacked. So, yeah. so it's, it's nice to have somebody though and a place like that Facebook page too, to go and have and be like, Hey dude, here's what's going on. Here's where I, I'm struggling. Here's where I need help personally, business wise. Um, give it to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a place you expect to be told, Hey man, tell me the truth. What's up? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's uncomfortable for people. Yeah. You know, like I've had people tell me that before, like, man, I don't even know you, but I, I messaged you and now we're talking. It's wild yeah. for me to talk to you. And and the truth is, is it is uncomfortable because we're not used to that. You yeah. know, we're used to like, oh, things are fine. And and sometimes we think we're weak or we're soft or, you know, I don't want to emotionally dump on somebody. Yeah. And like I always tell people like, dude, that's you're telling me you don't want to take the trash out. And if you don't want to take the trash out, it's going to stink up your house and it's going to overflow. Like if you don't take the trash out in your house, that thing will overflow and eventually smell and it's going to overflow into every, now all of a sudden your kitchen smells. Now all of a sudden you're going to get insects. You're going to get, you're going to get cockroaches all because you didn't take the trash out. So if you're not dealing with what's really going on in your life, in my opinion, you're not taking the trash out because you haven't talked to somebody about it and it's affecting whether you know it or not, but it it does it to me still this day. If I don't take my anger out and talk to somebody about the anger that I'm dealing with, and I come home, I may feel like I'm present with my wife and kids, but I'm truly not because I'm still carrying something with me. And eventually I'm I'm not becoming who I was intentionally supposed to become. And it's affecting the other areas of my life. And that's why I want to help people. I want to help you take the trash out so you can love yourself, be okay with yourself, be who you were created to be, be your authentic self too. And when you look in the mirror, you know, hey, this is who I am. And I love this person instead of I don't know who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're like the, uh, the, the business person that thinks, um, I, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but if, if you're constantly thinking business, business focus, I need to work out. I need to do this right. I need to do that. Right. Um, think of this as part of that, right? Your mental health is part of your training. It's part of your, you know, work, you go to the gym, right? You work out, you get fit. So your health is there. You go to work so you can make lots of money, right? So your, your business side is there, but if you're neglecting that mental health side, Everything else will start to fall fall apart behind it. So you yeah. have you have to you have to focus on that too. But you think of it as part of the game, right? Part of everything else that you do. You know, you can't think of it as no, that's just what the, the weak, those weak guys do. Those you know the the weak people do. No, it's it's part of the game. It's part of the business, right? It's part of making yourself a better person. And in our table, we always talk about being excellent, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be excellent if your mental health is weak. That's right. right. And if you're constant, you're not uh, handling issues. Um, uh, I know you're super busy, Joe. So I'm going to wrap this up. Dude, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the big question. We finish up. First of all, have I missed anything? Did I miss anything that you wanted to cover? No, man. I think that was it. I love what you just ended with. Um, and and I, I'll just want to add to that, bro, yeah. is like, you know, I think a lot of times when we when we deal with that stuff and you're talking about it, it's like, yeah, it's tough. But like, I'm big on like, let's deal with it and then let's move. You know, like you're not going to sit there and stay in this mopey, oh, woe is me. And 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 I'm dealing with this all this emotional baggage. You know that we're going to deal with it. We're going to handle it. And then we're going to move because now you can actually move and, and it's going to help you to move. 
You know, your, your weight is less. You're not, you don't feel as heavy and you're going to move into more places that you want to move in instead of being distracted by all the other stuff. So, cause that's one thing somebody told me before was like, bro, anytime I talk about it, I feel like I'm like, you know, just crying about my life and this, I said, no, first off you deal with it, but then you move, you know, you don't just sit there and sulk. You got to create the movement now, you know, and that's, that's one thing I'm point. big when I that's talk the to people. Yeah, right yeah. 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 That is the point right there. That's how you get. That's how you work this. You incorporate this into your into your life and stay at the high level that that you're at at top fence too. So that's a fact. Yo, here's the big question. You ready for it? I'm ready, bro. All right, we're land life. I buy yeah. and sell dirt and trees, pretty much. Okay. Buy and sell vacant land. If you, Joseph, could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So my first thought, it would be locally where I'm at. And the reason why is because I actually do want to buy land, man. I have a I have an end goal in mind for myself. Um, I want to build transition homes for guys coming out of prison and coming out of treatment centers. Um, and right now in Florida, man, there's not many that are private. There's a lot ran by the state and they're money funded, man. They're not really, you know, that's why I'm going back into the prisons right now. There's not a lot of places these guys can go that don't have a place to go that help them find jobs. You know, 85% of people that go to prison in the state of Florida, they go back. The second time there's no real rehabilitation. And I I'm, I'm on a mission, man. I really am. And the first thing I know I'm going to do is buy land and build a home there uh, where, whether it's, it might only be five, maybe one day it's going to be a hundred 150, 200 to a thousand people. Uh, but I know one day I'm going to buy land. Uh, I want it to be here locally. Cause I also want to be involved in it. Um, I want to be around the guys. Um, it's another intentional reason why I created the business so it could serve itself and I can do the thing, these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it would be locally here where I'm at and I would buy it because we can build the transition home there and, and just start making impact. Cause I believe the best way I can help people is how I was helped. And yeah. that's just why my heart is there now. That's awesome, man. What a great answer. And isn't it crazy how you always go back to that, that thing you really are meant to do, right? Yeah. It, it's all, you always revert back to like, no matter how far ahead you get in life, you still go back and you look back, you're like, yeah, but I, I mean, I know that thing back then didn't make any money, but like, that's what I really felt like passionate about. Like, that's what I really, those are the people I want to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's kind of where you're at right now. I can't wait to to see this place too. If I got any land out near Florida, I'll let you know. Yeah, man. I mean, if I ever move out there, I don't know if we move to Colorado, my wife, when we go to Michigan for Christmas, she's like, get me out of here. I want to go back to the sun. Oh yeah, dude. You, do, you just, just stay where you're at. You're fine. You guys, you're, you're, you're in a good place, dude. Keep the wife yeah, happy too. You, so right on Joseph. I appreciate it, man. Um, anything else before we wrap up? Dude, no, man. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for giving me the platform really to share. You know, I know t- doing podcasts and stuff takes a lot, but like you just giving this platform just for people to hear this. Like, I mean, dude, it's awesome. I've listened to your show. So like, if y'all don't listen to this and you don't like this one, the other ones are really good. So like, it's awesome, bro. So keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for giving me a platform to share, man. Thank you so much, Joseph. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, guys, maybe we'll, we'll do another one. We'll do like a follow-up in like, like two years, a year or two or something like that. Whenever, find bro. out where Top Fence is, where this this little community is at. You'll probably be there. It's going to be now. big. That's all yeah. I know. It's going to be massive, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, there'll be like cable TV commercials about Top Fence. But That's right. <laughs> right on, guys. Joseph, thank you so much, guys. Till next time, I'll see you on Land Life. Thanks, bro.